need a radio show on the air, like maybe on Saturday nights, that talks about this kind of thing. Hi, Dr. Hoffman here. I want to let my listeners know about a brilliant Renaissance man named Dr. Arthur Perry. You want to talk to Arthur Perry? The best in plastic surgery. He's a distinguished, award-winning cosmetic surgeon trained at Harvard and Cornell with a practice in New York City on Fifth Avenue. Oz, are you there? I'm here, Arthur. I want to get applaud you, having worked with you on a book and numerous other activities. He's written numerous medical journal articles, and he's contributed to textbooks on plastic surgery. Your remarkable knowledge, but also your grace at delivering content, which is why it's been a blessing to have you on my show so many times. It's clear that when it comes to skin and aging, this doctor knows what he's talking about. Joan, the public wants to know. The public doesn't give a damn. <laughs> As a really, really gifted physician, uh, I want to pay you the, the highest tribute I can give to a surgeon, which is when people come to you, they don't come for an operation, they come for an opinion. And that's why I trust you with my uh, friends and relatives. When I was a resident at the University of Chicago, we had a... That means you're smart. I didn't realize we were going to get the Michael Jordan of plastic surgeon. 90210 bows to this guy. Oh, you thought it was John Baffler coming on, didn't you? No, no, no. This is <laughs> because of that music. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. Welcome. Welcome to What's Your Wrinkle? A little different music for you tonight. Sounds very sinister, but we've got a great show planned for you tonight. This is the show about you. This is the show. See, we have we have uh, John Baffler's producer in the studio tonight, so I figured, what the heck, let's bring in some of his music. All right. Well, we can, we can cut that down now, but uh, <laughs> tonight... We've got a great show planned for you. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, board-certified plastic surgeon, host of What's Your Wrinkle? That's this show and not that show. And tonight, we're going to talk about you. We're going to talk about your wrinkles, your large nose, your small breasts, your large breasts tonight. We're going to talk about maybe buttocks that could be too big or too small. This is a show about cosmetic surgery, about skin care, about, about what you look like when you look in the mirror. And maybe you like what you see, but the truth is very few people are perfectly satisfied with themselves. And that's why plastic surgery is so popular, because we provide the solutions to you for the things that bother you when you look in the mirror. So uh, give me a call. 800-848-9222 is the phone number. 800-848-WABC. And uh, tonight we're going to be talking a little bit about cosmetic surgery in teenagers. There was a new study that I'm going to tell you all about. So we're going to get to that in a few minutes. Uh, we're going to talk about who should be doing plastic surgery and who should not. There's a new case in the news. You might have seen it in the New York Post this week about a gynecologist doing some cosmetic surgery. And we're going to talk about the problems that gynecologist got into in a few minutes. And we're, uh, we're going to talk about how you, how you should be able to choose a plastic surgeon. You know, is everybody who calls themselves a plastic surgeon a real plastic surgeon? Those of you who have listened to this show before know that may not be true. But we're going to talk about that and how you can stay safe in the operating room. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is WABC's What's Your Wrinkle Show. If you haven't listened to me before, if you're in the in the car headed towards New York to uh, maybe the theater or a nice meal in New York and you've uh, flipped through the channels, you've heard this, uh, this guy on the radio that you haven't heard before. Well, I've been on for 12 years. Where have you been? This is the show where you can call if, uh, let's say on Wednesday, you're having a consultation with a plastic surgeon and you're just not sure 
you know, is it a facelift you need? Is it that new thing called InstaLift? Or maybe there's something completely different now. Well, give me a call. I'd be happy to answer your question. So you go to your plastic surgeon even more prepared. Or let's say you've, you've already had that consultation, but you have questions because so many people get a little nervous. I don't know why you do, but a lot of people get nervous in the, uh, in the office consultation and they forget to ask the questions that they really want to ask. This is your opportunity. It's a free consultation on the radio. But remember, the advice that I give you, well, you know, you have to take it for what it's worth. I'm not examining you. I am answering your questions the best I can. But if you've got a real medical problem, of course, you have to see your own doctor and get your own medical advice. But give me a call, 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Tonight, we're giving out bottles of daytime. Daytime is SPF 23 sunscreen. And you say, well, I don't need sunscreen now. It's, it's the fall. It's almost Halloween. But, you know, today was a, was a UV index day of 3.8. That's what it hit today. Anything over 3, and you actually can get sun damage. You really can. A lot of people think, uh, you know, once Labor Day comes, we throw out the sunscreen, we'll get some new stuff next spring. Now, I'm not talking about uh, SPF 30 sunscreen that you need. Of course, you don't need that this time of year. But everybody needs a base layer of sunscreen as you go about your business during the day because we do get exposed to too much ultraviolet light. And it's not just today. It's a cumulative effect. And what does ultraviolet light do to your skin? It is the ager of your skin. It is the premature ager of your skin. If you're exposed to ultraviolet light, the more you are, the faster you will age. That's an indisputable scientific fact. So if you use a sunscreen, and I like the sunscreens that contain zinc oxide, it's a religion with me, and the reason I like zinc oxide as opposed to the other stuff out there is because zinc oxide, I think, is the safest sunscreen. It doesn't get absorbed in your body. Why would you want it absorbed in your body? Do you know if you put sunscreen on your body, the clear stuff, it gets absorbed through your skin, and it stays in your body. It can be detected in your urine for up to two days after a single application. Why would you want that? Why would you want that? Why do you want something that acts like estrogen in your body? which is how most chemical sunscreens, and when I talk about chemical versus physical sunscreens, the only two physical sunscreens are zinc oxide and titanium dioxide. So anything else is a chemical sunscreen. And chemical sunscreens, they work by acting with ultraviolet light. So so they neutralize it, and they do work, uh, but... They have to be absorbed into your body, and then they get used up. The physical sunscreens reflect light. So it's uh, it's like putting your hand in front of your face. You're not going to get ultraviolet light if you have your hand in front of your, of your face, and you're not going to get ultraviolet light if you use zinc oxide or titanium dioxide. The reason I like zinc oxide is because it is less white. And the story for that, those of you, uh, I've told this a couple of times before, when I made my very first sunscreen, it was called Natural Block, and I made it for the new Vitality Company, boy, about 10 years or so ago, more than that, and uh, and I gave some some early bottles, tubes, to my good friend, Dr. Oz, and I remember he called me up from the tennis court one day, and he said, I just used your new sunscreen, I turned white. <laughs> That wasn't real good. And I spent $100,000 just to remove the titanium dioxide because uh, one thing that happens when we design these products is that they, they may sound good 
to you. They may sound to me, to a chemist. They might sound good in a laboratory. They might even sound and and behave really nicely in inside situations. So I use these things on my patients and my office staff. But then when you get in real-world situations like sweating on uh, the tennis court like Dr. Oz did, uh, you find out the uh, the interesting things about your product. And my first sunscreen, the titanium dioxide actually precipitated out. And those chemists out there know what I'm talking about when uh, he began to sweat. So we changed it very quickly and uh, got a really nice product, and that was Natural Block, which will be returning, by the way, those of you who have been emailing me. That's coming back pretty soon. I'll tell you when, uh, but not yet. All right. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle? 800-848-9222, 800-848-WABC. All right. So now... I get these questions all the time from parents who call me, and they say, my daughter is 16 years old. She is out of a double D bra. She's got back pain, and she's just a teenager, and she gets rashes around her breasts. What age can she have a breast reduction? And the answer is, 16, you can have a breast reduction. And a lot of people think that's young, uh, but the majority of breast growth has already occurred at age 16. And what happens when you're a D cup or a double D or, or even bigger is that you get physical symptoms of excessively large breasts. And those of you who have excessively large breasts know exactly what I'm talking about. It's not comfortable. It inhibits you socially. It inhibits you from a, a, a sports, uh, from taking part in sports, from going to the beach. Uh, So, you know, society makes all sorts of uh, remarks about excessively large breasts, but if you have them, it is uh, is not a good thing, and from both a social and a medical standpoint. So the rashes, the yeast rashes that occur during the summer, they begin to go away this time of year. That's good. And by the way, just to to digress for a moment, if you have those rashes around your breast from uh, your skin chafing upon itself, what you do is use cornstarch, not talc. Talc is very bad to breathe in. Cornstarch every single day around your breasts. And if you do get those rashes, the yeast rashes, you'll want to talk to your plastic surgeon or your family doctor or your dermatologist and get a prescription for Nystatin powder, one of the very few drugs that has almost no side effects. So it's really very safe, and you sprinkle that around your breasts, and it takes care of the rash in a day or two. So that's good. So just keep that in mind while you're thinking of maybe you uh, might have a breast reduction. So so I do get these uh, emails all the time. I get calls all the time, uh, mostly from parents. The, uh, the teenagers are a little timid to uh, call me directly, but the parents do. And, uh, and I start doing breast reductions. It can be as early as 14 years old. It really depends on the person and how far along they are in their growth. So if a 14-year-old is as large as her mother in terms of height and weight and is not expected to grow anymore, it might not be too soon to do a breast reduction. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. The board is already filled up with phone calls, 800-848-9222. We'll be back after these words. I'll bet you've all tried skincare that just doesn't work. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, and I've created skincare that really does work and is scientifically proven to decrease the visibility of wrinkles and splotches and smooth rough skin in as little as a month. The longer you use it, 
the better you'll look. And because I know that you'll only stick to a skincare program long-term if it's simple, I've combined the most effective ingredients into just one morning cream and one evening serum. My morning daytime SPF cream protects your skin with sunscreen and niacin, and my nighttime serum nourishes it with vitamin C and A, fruit acids, antioxidants, and skin brighteners. But some people say that the best part of my program is my invigorating and non-irritating clean time soap. This fall, use the WABC code to receive 15% off all my products on drperrys.com. That's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com or call 844-DR-PERRY. That's 844-DR-PERRY. Aging really does sneak up on us, doesn't it? Well, there is something you can do to help you look as young as you feel. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I've spent three decades perfecting techniques to help you look younger. If you have sagging eyelids, wrinkles, jowls, bands in the neck, or splotchy skin, I can help. Schedule a consultation in my new Fifth Avenue or my Somerset, New Jersey offices, and we'll sit down for a full hour and come up with a plan just for you. This year, there are some great new procedures like longer-lasting wrinkle fillers and the incredible InstaLift, which dramatically lifts your cheeks and jowls in a one-hour exam room procedure. Schedule a consultation by calling 212-753-1820. That's 212-753-1820. On the web, it's periplasticsurgery.com. That's periplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday at 6 p.m., right here on WABC. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we are back. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WABC. This is the show about you, the show about what you look like, and we've got all sorts of calls on the board. So let's go ahead and uh, take the first phone call from Chandra. Is that how you pronounce your name, Chandra? Yes. Yeah, what can I do for you? What is your wrinkle, Chandra? Tell me what's going on. Okay, um, a procedure was recommended to me um, where they take your blood and then with tiny needles, they put it into your face. And it's supposed to build up your collagen. Have you ever heard of anything like that? Yes. Yes, I certainly have. Okay, so this is called platelet-rich plasma. That's that's what it's called, PRP. Okay, so let me tell you a little bit about this, and, and this is not new, by the way. In fact, in my book, Straight Talk About Cosmetic Surgery, which I published in 2007, I talked about it, and I talked about how... Uh, it really didn't make too much sense at that time, and there really weren't too many publications that supported its youth use. And it wasn't all that popular 10 years ago, but it became very popular when a wonderful marketing firm named it the Vampire Facelift. And why was it called the Vampire right. Facelift? Because yeah, you, you take blood from you, the patient, right. and process it. Uh-huh. That's right. You process the blood and get the platelet rich plasma out. So that means you take out the red blood cells and the white blood cells. Everybody remembers uh, blood from 10th grade when you learned about it and forgot about it in school. Uh, but there are different components of blood. So so the platelet-rich portion of the plasma is taken and injected into you. Now, the real question is, so what? <laughs> Does it work? That's the question. Right. And my belief has been no. 
and that's why I don't do the procedure. And I am backed by a study that was just published this month's journal called Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery, the October issue. So your question is very, very timely. And, in fact, I was going to mention uh, this uh, particular paper, maybe if I got to it next week, but we'll certainly talk about it today. So here's the, here's the uh, study. They took uh, a bunch of uh, people. I guess there were 32 people in this particular study, and they injected this platelet-rich plasma into the face, and they wanted to see if it did anything. And here's the story. It did not increase skin elasticity. It did not increase the volume of the face, and it wasn't any more satisfying to the patient compared to just injecting fat, for instance, into the face or wrinkle filler. In this particular uh, study, they compared it to fat. So they took fat grafting, which we do all the time, which has been around since the 1980s, uh, fat grafting works. It fills in nasolabial folds and lips, and I've been doing it, although much more so now. Uh, now I do more of the hyaluronic acid fillers as opposed to fat grafting, but it's a whole different story. But when people charge an awful lot of money to do platelet-rich plasma injections, you want those to work. You want those to be better. And... I have never believed it to be better. I haven't been convinced by the studies. And this is one of the best studies, and you can look at it yourself, those of you who subscribe to Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery. I, I know, of course, you don't, which is why I talk right. about these studies on the air. But this particular one said, uh, you know what, it really didn't seem to do anything. Uh, and, um, you know, that's... that's uh, the, the bottom line, I guess, you know, you want your your uh, your particular substance, whether it's an injected substance or if it's a machine, you want it to work, you want it to be beneficial, and you want to know that you're not wasting your money. So how's that for a, right. a long-winded explanation of why I don't do it and don't recommend it? <laughs> okay. All right, Chandra? I, yes, I appreciate that so much. Thank you. You saved me money. Uh, <laughs> all right. Thanks so much. You know, in terms of filling wrinkles... If that's what you're after, uh, you know, the hyaluronic acid wrinkle fillers, things like Restylane and Juvederm, and there are others. There are many others now. It's a, it's a very crowded field with these wrinkle fillers. They are so good. There are so few side effects. Last year, 1.6 million people in the United States had wrinkle filler. And, you know, hardly a day goes by that I don't inject wrinkle filler. It's one of the most common things that I do. So even if I'm in the operating room, I, I'm done with my surgery at noon or 1 o'clock, you go to the office, see patients, and, and almost every day I'm doing wrinkle filler. And that's one of the things that I teach the, res, the residents at Cornell and Columbia where I'm on the faculty, uh, the techniques of injecting the uh, the wrinkle fillers when it's done well when wrinkle filler is done well many of you might have heard me i was on the joe piscopo show talking to him about this earlier this week he asked me you know how how come there are so many really bad filling uh, you know procedures these women that walk around manhattan with lips that are distorted and cheeks that look like schwarzenegger you know that's not normal and and the reason is many people are doing these procedures and they're not qualified and even the qualified people many people are not particularly are particularly artistic and some plastic surgeons designate these procedures to their nurses and you know i i feel very strongly about this it's a very 
artistic procedure, wrinkle filler. It's, it's an easy procedure for me and other plastic surgeons, but it's one that obviously is screwed up all the time. You only have to look on TV to see all these really bad results. So, you know, it's a, it may seem real simple, uh, but in order to do it well, you have to do it artistically. So the wrinkle fillers that use hyaluronic acid, they're so wonderful now. Uh, I numb you up like a dentist does. There are four nerves inside the mouth, so it doesn't hurt. We also put a little Emla cream. That's anesthetic cream on your skin. And then I do. My nurse counted one time, and I think she stopped counting somewhere between three and 400 separate injections. And some of you have fainted uh, listening to that. How could you have that many injections? Well, you're numb, and each injection has the tiniest little amount of hyaluronic acid, the amount that might fit on the head of a pin. And that's the secret to doing it well. That's the secret to doing filler, getting filler where it doesn't distort your features. You don't have lips that turn up like an animal's or you don't have cheeks that look unhuman. I've seen so many people, I've seen other plastic surgeons who have had filler like this. And you might know who I'm talking about. They, these people, uh, I just don't get it. It just takes artistry, and you have to go slowly. And if you really have very small lips, for instance, you can't fill them in one procedure. You have to do a little bit, and you come back a month or two later, and we do a little bit more. All right, Doug, what can I do for you? What is your wrinkle? Hey, Doc, how you doing? Very good, sir. What can I do for you? Hey, my name is Doug Sattel, S-I-T-T-E-L. On my YouTube picture, okay, well, we'll, uh, CPO. Okay, wait, wait, ho, 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 ho. Let's, let's go ahead and uh, cut this off. All right, so... Uh, Mr. Producer, so we don't want people to give their names on the radio. You know, I'm really the only one that's going to give the name. You know, there's lots of reasons for that. We want you to be anonymous. We want you to ask your questions and not know. And also, when someone gives your name, I don't know what's coming up, and you don't know either. It could be an advertisement, whatever. So let's let's not. So if you want to give a call, I'm happy to take your phone calls. First names only, and only the guests on this show get to give their uh, their last names. Remember a couple weeks ago I had Albert Einstein's great grandson. So that was a that was a great guest to have on the show, you know, uh, Tom Einstein and we talked all about names. But but for you, for for Nancy, for Kim, for everybody else uh, in the waiting uh, let's keep it anonymous. All right, I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is what's your wrinkle right here on WABC, the phone number 800 800- Eight four eight nine two 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 eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. So in the news this week, there was a plastic surgeon who will remain nameless, by the way, uh, because this is a person that is not really a plastic surgeon. Uh, in that, has not trained in plastic surgery, but was rather a gynecologist, and was brought up by charges this week by New York's State Board for Professional Medical Conduct. And uh, the charges were, I guess there were 29 instances of negligence, incompetence, and fraud. And uh, one of those, oh boy, I'll tell you, I read this story, and many of you probably read this also, was just amazing. Operated on a 34-year-old woman, did liposuction on this patient, didn't, did not check to see if she was pregnant. She was pregnant, unfortunately. Uh, and uh, that is... Uh, what can I say? You know, every one of you who goes to the hospital to have, have a little procedure, even if you're 50 or even 60 years old, you know what happens as long as you're a woman. We don't do this with men, of course. You get a mandatory pregnancy test. And I do that in the office or give you a prescription. 
you know, a couple of weeks before surgery, and then the day of surgery, they'll do in the uh, pre-op area another pregnancy test. Of course, it's the most basic thing. We don't want to operate on you if you're pregnant. Of course not, because the baby will be affected. The baby could be injured. All sorts of things can happen. I always uh, joke, we don't even want to do Botox on you if you're pregnant, and you know why. Of course, because the baby will come out without wrinkles. Oh, bad joke. What can I tell you? <laughs> but the truth is, you can't be pregnant and have cosmetic surgery. So, so this doctor... Uh, they're all laughing at that joke. Okay, it's a great joke. I tell it about twice a week. All right, so uh, this particular doctor uh, did liposuction on a pregnant woman. Another case involved a 65-year-old woman who had uh, extensive surgery, and uh, I guess she wound up uh, having uh, no vital signs and things like that uh, recorded. Uh, one of the malpractice suits uh, was from someone who had a Brazilian buttocks lift, and uh, this particular person said the doctor didn't put on gloves, mask, or gown during the procedure. Yeah, it's hard to believe, but this is what she alleges. So anyway, the, uh, the State uh, Board of uh, Medical Examiners in New York, called the State Board of Professional Medical Conduct, is taking this particular doctor up on charges. And uh, the question is, why or how could that particular doctor perform surgery, plastic surgery, when that doctor is a gynecologist. So when we come back from the break, we're going to be talking about who can really legally do surgery, particularly cosmetic surgery. Am I a cardiac surgeon or a plastic surgeon? We'll answer that question after this message. 800-848-9222. We'll be right back. I'll bet you've all tried skincare that just doesn't work. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, and I've created skincare that really does work and is scientifically proven to decrease the visibility of wrinkles and splotches and smooth rough skin in as little as a month. The longer you use it, the better you'll look. And because I know that you'll only stick to a skincare program long-term if it's simple, I've combined the most effective ingredients into just one morning cream and one evening serum. My morning daytime SPF cream protects your skin with sunscreen and niacin, and my nighttime serum nourishes it with vitamins C and A, fruit acids, antioxidants, and skin brighteners. But some people say that the best part of my program is my invigorating and non-irritating clean time soap. This fall, use the WABC code to receive 15% off all my products on drperrys.com. That's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com or call 844-DR-PERRY. That's 844. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's Your Wrinkle? And we're back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WABC. The phone number 800 848 9222-800-848-9222. So let's take our first uh, call of the second half hour. Kim, what can I do for you? What is your wrinkle? Hi, thank you for taking my call. What do you think about um, a 19-year-old boy taking Propecia for hair loss? Okay, so Propecia is a drug that interferes uh, with testosterone, I believe. I'm not an expert in Propecia, I do have to tell you. Uh, but I think it, it works by blocking uh, the conversion of testosterone to something called, I think it's dihy dihydrotestosterone, I believe. Uh, and that, in turn, contributes to hair loss. So that's the theory. So if you block that, uh, then you'll have less hair loss. This is a drug that's been around since the early 1990s. Um, and 
it was originally for enlarging prostates. Um, but by the end of the 90s, uh, they found that people who took that drug tended to grow more hair. So that's a wonderful side effect. So uh, then it was approved as a drug for hair loss. So it's a prescription-only drug. It's not like a Rogaine that you massage into your scalp and it helps grow hair. Uh, this is something that uh, requires a, a prescription. And I believe... You're not allowed to prescribe it under age 18. So, so that's, that's the background. So the question is, what about for uh, how old is, uh, is the person that you mentioned? He's, he's 19. 19. Okay, so you want to use it for a 19-year-old. So, again, uh, I, I do have to tell you I'm not an expert in this. A dermatologist would know more. But I do know that there are stories, uh, there, there's certainly sexual dysfunction uh, that occurs in a high proportion of people that take Propecia. And, uh, in fact, I think that there was a study uh, that was published, um, gee, I'm trying to remember when this was. It was a, a number of years ago. I think it was about five years ago, and it was in a journal uh, called uh, Sexual Medicine, I think it was. And uh, they took about 50 or so men who, uh, who used Propecia, and... Uh, and then they looked at their sexual side effects, and I believe many of those men had all sorts of sexual side effects, such as genitals that got smaller, um, uh, problems actually having erections, and all sorts of things like that. So, and, and apparently these effects, these side effects for Propecia lasts a long time. Even after you stop the drug, they last a year or so. Or even longer. So that's what uh, that's what the study was about, and that's about all I know about Propecia. But that's enough for me uh, not to prescribe it. It's not something a plastic surgeon usually does. Uh, nor would I particularly, and that's my opinion, want to take the drug. So <laughs> that's all I have to say. You know. So so for a 19 year old, um, you know, may not be the best thing. Uh, Maybe a whole different story if you're 50 and you've had your children, and you know. What can I say? Um, you know, again, I have to tell you, I'm not an expert in this field, so take my advice for what it's worth. But uh, I do read a lot, and uh, it's not something that uh, I'm wild about. Okay? Do you have any um, yeah. other thing you would recommend for hair loss? Yeah, you know, it's tough. I mean, certainly Rogaine uh, is very useful. That's minoxidil. Uh, and and I would I would certainly do that if I were your nineteen uh, year old because it may not regrow hair it does in some people but it stabilizes hair loss in a lot of people so that's a good thing so if there's no more hair loss that's better than a continuing loss so Rogaine is is something the other thing is. Uh, your son should uh, certainly see a physician because that's pretty young at, 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 under any circumstances. And your son should make sure that his hormones are appropriate, that there's no hormonal misbalance, and that nutritionally he's okay because there's a lot of things that can cause hair loss, uh, hyperthyroidism, which is too much thyroid, or hypothyroidism, not enough thyroid, iron deficiency, things like that. They can all cause hair loss. So so when you have hair loss in someone pretty young, as your son is, uh, you want to just make sure that there's no medical issue first. That's the very first thing. And then, uh, you know, Rogaine is very reasonable. But unfortunately, I don't know too much else. There is the old standby of a hair transplant when it gets to the point where uh, where it's uh, 
Very noticeable. I don't do hair transplants. The reason I don't do hair transplants is because I personally don't enjoy doing the procedure, and surgeons must enjoy doing the procedures that they're doing, and I stopped doing hair transplants probably about 15 uh, or so years ago. So that's all the advice I can give you, Kim. Uh, The other person to uh, talk to is a board-certified dermatologist. They deal with hair loss every single day. But thanks so much for the phone call. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is... Yep, I almost almost thought I lost you there. Go ahead, ask another one. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Just would you recommend an endocrinologist or his GP to um, check out the hormones and other levels? I always uh, like to go to the most educated physician I can for the particular problem. And having said that, the family doctors will not like me. Uh, But I do think that an internal medicine doctor will agree with me that a board-certified endocrinologist uh, is more equipped to ask the difficult questions and find the difficult answers than a family doctor or even an uh, an internist. So, sure, an endocrinologist would make a lot of sense. All right? Did I lose you? I think I lost you this time. All right, Kim. Thanks so much for the uh, the phone call. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WABC, 800-848-9222. So in the literature, I, I alluded to this a week or two ago, and I didn't get a chance to get to the, uh, to the uh, paper, but how many of you heard, have heard about this new substance called Kybella? Kybella is uh, is something, it's a bile acid, and it's injected into the fat underneath the chin. And I've had a lot of requests for this, and so far I have not done Kybella, because I like to really see the results of newer things before I dive in. And uh, you know, so far I'm actually glad that I haven't done it. So let's talk a little bit about this. So Fat under the chin, known as the turkey gobbler, known as a double chin, is so common. It's so common. Such a high percentage of people, men and women, have this problem. And traditionally, you know, we're talking about people that are normal weight, by the way, not very overweight, and still have it. And you tend to get it as you get older. It's one of uh, life's great mysteries why we tend to put weight on in places we don't want it. We lose weight where we do want it. But what can I say? You get uh, that extra fat in the chin. So traditionally, and that means since 1983, liposuction, that means fat suctioning, has been the mainstay of treatment. So uh, a very simple procedure, and in fact, I call liposuction of the neck, which is also called the submental area, and the jowls. I call that one of the biggest bang-for-your-buck procedures in all of cosmetic surgery because in a very short procedure, usually around an hour or so, I can suction, I think my world record is about eight ounces of fat from the neck, and it can give you the appearance of marked weight loss. So that's what I've done all these years. Uh, So now a new product has come out, and it's called Kybella, and it's a bile acid. Uh, What's a bile acid? Well, your gallbladder makes a, your liver actually makes it, and the gallbladder stores this bile acid. And when you eat a fatty meal, uh, this is squirted into your intestine, and it helps emulsify fat. The way to look at it is sort of like soap. That bile acid, and uh, it, you know, if you have fat, something greasy on your hands, you wash your hands with the soap, and it dissolves it. And it's sort of the same way with these bile acids. So you eat a fatty meal, and the bile acid will dissolve or di- help digest the fat. So they got this great idea that maybe we can inject this stuff into your fat, and maybe it'll kill it. And 
lo and behold, it does. So there were good studies that showed it actually worked. And uh, it takes usually about three treatments. Uh, the treatments involve multiple injections of Kybella into the fat. And uh, they're spaced, I guess, a month or sometimes two months apart. And uh, they're un- uncomfortable, I am told. I have not done those. Uh, there's some swelling, a significant amount. There's bruising. You miss some work because of it, and then you uh, go about your business, and then you have another one and usually a third one. So uh, the question is, do they work? And apparently they do, although the studies are few. There are not a lot of studies. But the reason I'm on the uh, air talking about this this week is because there was a second study uh, that showed a terrible complication with this material. And, you know, I, I'm all for new things. I, uh, I'm not a, uh, one of these people that hide behind, uh, you know, old treatments and just do the same thing. I'm constantly reading and looking for new treatments and uh, new procedures. Uh, you know, we're not stuck in time. We want to move forward. Uh, but I also want to do it very carefully, and I want to look at the literature and see One, does something work? Two, is it better than what's out there? And three, what are the risks of this new procedure? So we're going to take a short break. Stay on the tip of your toes, on the edge of your seat, because when we come back, I'm going to tell you about some things that have occurred with this particular substance that are not so good. So uh, I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, 800-848-9222, 800-848-WABC. We'll be back after these words. Aging really does sneak up on us, doesn't it? Well, there is something you can do to help you look as young as you feel. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I've spent three decades perfecting techniques to help you look younger. If you have sagging eyelids, wrinkles, jowls, bands in the neck, or splotchy skin, I can help. Schedule a consultation in my new Fifth Avenue or my Somerset, New Jersey offices, and we'll sit down for a full hour and come up with a plan just for you. This year, there are some great new procedures, like longer-lasting wrinkle fillers and the incredible InstaLift, which dramatically lifts your cheeks and jowls in a one-hour exam room procedure. Schedule a consultation by calling 212-753-1820. That's 212-753-1820. On the web, it's periplasticsurgery.com. That's periplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday at 6 p.m., right here on WABC. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's Your Wrinkle? And we're back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WABC. The phone number 800-848-9222. And I have, uh, in the past few weeks, been talking about Bobby Fallon's Carousel of Homes. She's a realtor in Highland Falls, New York, which is about 50 miles north of the George Washington Bridge. You go up the Palisades Interstate Parkway in a beautiful drive. This time of year, it's incredible. The leaves are starting to change color. Oh, you know, winter's coming, but uh, enjoy it right now because it, it is absolutely gorgeous this time of year. You travel up the Palisades Interstate Parkway until it ends, which is Bear Mountain. Travel a couple miles north of that, and you get into the little little village of Highland Falls, New York, where I grew up. 
spent my uh, my best years, my first 18 or so years in Highland Falls, New York. Well, Bobby Fallon's a realtor there, and she's got a property at 173 Main Street. We've been talking about it on this show. It's uh, it's really quite incredible. It's 0.8 acres, almost an acre. There's two apartments. There's a two-bedroom and a one-bedroom. You can live in the two-bedroom and rent out the one-bedroom, and there is an office there. And uh, this is less than a, uh, a mile. It's walking distance from the West Point Gate. It's a spectacular community. And the best thing about this, Bobby lowered the price last week from, from uh, I don't know what it was before, but it's 389000 Now, 389000 for this, can you imagine in Manhattan having something for 389000 When you look at tomorrow's real estate section of the New York Times, try and find anything under... 500,000, even a little tiny studio. You know, if you look, there's there's one right now in Tudor City on the 19th floor. It's 335,000. It's the cheapest apartment in all of Manhattan right now. And this thing is the size of a shoebox. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, if you live in Manhattan, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe it's time to break out, at least for weekends. You can have a property up there. Give Bobby Fallon a call, 845-446-2238. That's 845-446-2238. Two two three eight. If you want to meet the realtor to the stars and many of the military people, use Bobby Fallon. She's spectacular. Give her a call, 845-446-2238. All right, we were talking a few minutes ago about Kybella, and it is a, uh, a relatively new substance. It's a drug. It's a bile acid. And the reason I'm talking about it is because in the uh, the literature there's now some complications occurring and as with anything new we always have to assess you know what are the uh, what are the complications going to be the uh, the FDA approves these things uh, but then it happens all the time in plastic surgery over the years we begin to see the problems I remember uh, the thread lift remember that one ten years ago um, that's not the insta lift that I do like and I use but the thread lift my goodness, they, uh, we did, that was FDA approved. We started doing those procedures, and something like 100% of them failed within a year <laughs> with a 30% complication rate, so the FDA took them off the market. Anyway, so here's what happened. In the May 2017 issue of the Journal of the American Academy of uh, Dermatology, uh, there were two patients out of six men. This one uh, dermatologist treated six men. And two lost hair in their their neck, their chin, their submental area. Their beard was lost after they had Kybella. So they reported this in the uh, journal, and they waited a, a long time, I b- believe about a year or so, to see what recovery. And there was some recovery, but it was still a patchy uh, appearance of the uh, neck. Now, this is the second report like this in the literature. The first one was just an isolated case. And uh, and I wondered, is it you know going to be one in a million, or is it going to be one in two? You know, this particular uh, uh, dermatology practice reported two out of six, or thirty three percent of men. In you know, it's small, it's the early, but gee, it's pretty hard to uh, continue uh, doing men uh, with that particular drug if that's the kind of results you get. So, uh, you know, I uh, I would be very hesitant if I were a man. I am a man. If I uh, <laughs> if I wanted to have uh, that particular procedure to uh, to destroy or reduce the fat in the neck. You know, I don't know what it's going to uh, 
uh, how it's going to play out with women. Uh, but I do, uh, I am concerned about this particular uh, agent because of this and other uh, other concerns. And then, you know, talking with my office staff and, uh, and many patients about this issue, you know, when, when you have procedures like this or many of the energy-based procedures that are supposed to uh, destroy fat in, in the neck, there are so many of those now, uh, even Althera, which I do, you know, if you come in and you you have fat in the neck, you've got a double chin, a, a turkey gobbler. If your skin is still relatively taut, liposuction is absolutely still the best way to go. And I, I really believe that very strongly. It's a very low-risk procedure. We're only talking about taking a few ounces of fat out of your neck. And in some of you, it's even an ounce. And it makes a big difference. You look at your profile, and you see this little protuberance underneath your uh, chin, and you say, well, if only that were gone. And here's how we do liposuction of the neck and jowls. And by the way, I wrote a chapter in an online textbook called emedicine.com on this topic. So if you're interested in seeing my patients or if you're interested in hearing more, it's, it's written for plastic surgeons, but it's always fun to look. I've got a link on my website, which is periplasticsurgery.com. And uh, also, you can just go to emedicine.com, and you put in the keywords are liposuction of the neck and jowls. And then you come to my article. Uh, again, it's a teaching piece for plastic surgeons, but it's always fun uh, to look at it. You might not understand all the words, but it is interesting. But anyway, uh, it is a great bang-for-your-buck procedure because it takes maybe an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. It can be done under straight local anesthesia or local with sedation. I prefer you to have sedation, uh, but I've done this many times under straight local. It depends on you and your tolerance and whether you faint and all these things. Uh, so uh, we make a decision in the consultation with how you have it. Some people even want it under general anesthesia, but the truth is it's pretty easy to numb up that area of your body, of your neck. It's a relatively small area, so it's very safe with lidocaine, which is the same stuff that your dentist uses to numb up your teeth. And then we make a little tiny incision. It's about a quarter inch long underneath uh, your chin in that, that crease that so many of you already have a little scar because it's the most common place when you're a kid. You fall when you're just starting to walk and you get that little cut under your chin. That's exactly where we make the incision uh, for liposuction. We make another little tiny incision, even smaller, under each ear. And I use these little tiny tubes and I place them underneath the skin. Sounds terrible, doesn't it? But it doesn't hurt at all. It actually feels like a massage because you're numb. You're completely numb. And then we uh, suction out the fat, and it's gone. It's permanently gone. It's not going to come back. I mean, I suppose if you go to uh, a really good pizzeria and start eating a full pizza every night for about two months, well, maybe you can get some of that fat to grow back. But here's what happens. When the fat cells uh, mature... They uh, they don't multiply in number, they just get bigger or smaller as you know when you're uh, when you're older than uh, puberty. So be, when we remove those, it's actually like taking the tip of your finger off. It's not going to grow back unless you're uh, an amphibian. So we remove those fat cells; they're permanently gone. There are scenarios. Yes, if you have that Patsy's pizza, I love Patsy's Pizzeria. If you have that Patsy's pizza every single night and really exceed your caloric requirements by something like 200% for something like 60 days. It takes an awful lot of calories in order to start making new fat cells uh, when you're an adult. But for the most part, they either get bigger and smaller and, and it's the same number. 
But anyway, uh, so we put one stitch in under your chin, no stitches underneath uh, your ears, a Band-Aid, and a little elastic uh, uh, fitted uh, garment uh, for about three or four days. Many people can go back to work in about five days. It's a great time of year to do liposuction of the neck and jowls because it's getting warm. It's getting cooler outside, warmer. Oh, that's uh, getting my hopes up here. It's getting cooler outside, so you're going to start wearing higher collars and scarves. And remember, there's no bruising on the face. It's all in the neck. So I have plenty of patients that have the procedure. They take, uh, they have it on a Thursday. They take Friday off. They take the weekend off. I take the stitches out, stitches out, the stitch, one stitch, out on a Monday. And then they go back to work on a Tuesday. And it really uh, is a dramatic procedure. There's a lot of swelling in the beginning, and there's a lot of bruising in the beginning. But one thing that everybody says when they have this procedure is that people ask them, you know, how much weight have you lost? You really look great. And the truth is you can look like you've lost 10 or 15 or 20 pounds and only have really lost a few ounces with liposuction. So, so I'm still a fan despite all these new techniques that are coming. You know, I look at every one of them and try and make a decision. Am I going to do that procedure? Uh, but I judge it against liposuction. And then you say, well, it's surgery. There are risks. Yes, if you've got heart disease or you have uh, even diabetes, you know, if you're on insulin, you don't want these procedures. A uh, Someone who's not on insulin, a mild diabetic with a good hemoglobin A1C can still have liposuction if it's done very, very carefully. So, so uh, it is a procedure that's very reasonable. And yes, it's surgery, but sometimes you have to look at the global picture. And if you're going to have to have a procedure three times and be out of work for three full weeks uh, with something like Kybella or some of these other procedures, um, some of which are purported to be non-invasive but still require making incisions and numbing you up, that's hardly non-invasive, right? And it's uh, I always think... If you're going to go through all that, you might as well just have the fat suctioned right out of the neck and be done with it. And it is really such a great procedure. I have so much more to talk about. I'll have to come back next week. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. Check out my website, periplasticsurgery.com. Give me a call during the week, 212-753-1820. I'm also in central New Jersey most of the days of the week. It's uh, 732-422-9600. Thanks so much for great engineering. Thanks so much for the John Bachelor music, and we'll see everybody next week. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. Have a great one. This program was sponsored by Dr. Perry's Skin Industries, LLC. The views expressed by the preceding program are those of the sponsor and not necessarily the opinions of 77 WABC or Cumulus Media.